Welcome to the Midcast, presented by the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each month we will look at some of the key issues for mission in Scotland today. We'll bring you experienced voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the mission of the church in Scotland. Hi there, welcome along to the Midcast. My name is Glenn Innes and I will be your host for the next 20 minutes or so. We launched the Midcast earlier this month with an interview with the General Director of the Baptist Union of Scotland, Alan Donaldson. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode yet, let me encourage you to do so. It will be available whichever way you downloaded this podcast. We recorded a few podcasts in advance of the release of the MIGCast in order to try out the technology and figure out really what we were doing with it. There was some brilliant content on those interviews and I really didn't want them to languish in some digital dungeon. So we're going to release these over the next couple of weeks, beginning with the one we have today. Today's podcast will be with Ali Lang of uh, the Baptist Union of Scotland, who looks at our next generation stuff. I won't say too much more, I'll let him talk about it, but sit back and enjoy the next 20 minutes or so, and we look forward to releasing more in the near future. Today we're delighted to have Ali Lang with us on the show. It's great to have you, Ali. It's great to be here, Glenn. So, Ali, how do we pronounce your second name? Yeah, well, I was a teacher, so I've had many, many things shouted at me in corridors from Lang and Lang, but I prefer, I prefer Lang. Lane. To be honest. Okay, Lane. there we go. Yeah, right. that's it. amazing. Now everybody knows what to call you, so we'll all ignore Absolutely. that and do it exactly as we please. But uh, that's great. Ali is the Next Generation Development Coordinator at the Baptist Union of Scotland, forming part of the national team. He's been in post less than a year, and it's been my privilege to get to know Ali a little in that time, and particularly to hear his heart for mission, and in particular for mission among younger generations in our land. Ali, First of all, that job title is quite a mouthful. What exactly is it that you're doing? <laughs> well, what, what, what the title is of what I'm doing? Well, there we go. So it's officially the Next Generation Development Coordinator for the Baptist Union of Scotland, which is uh, an incredibly long um, title. But I guess in my mind, and as I understand the, the, the hope for the role, is really to help um, resource and equip our churches, our union churches, to um, engage better with those in their teens and 20s, engage in discipleship, engage in mission, engage in evangelism. Great. One of the things we plan to focus on in the midcast here, Ali, is some stories. So I wonder if you could tell us a bit about yourself. How do you come to be the person you are today doing the stuff you're doing? Yeah, where to begin, where to begin? Well, I guess uh, I um, had a very profound... I'll start right at the beginning and then jump about 30 years, if that's okay. That sounds so good to me. I, I came to faith in an upside-down boat in the middle of the Clyde uh, estuary at about 2 o'clock in the morning as um, uh, my dad and myself and my sister and our dog uh, were miraculously rescued in the middle of the night and uh, due to an answer of prayer, and it was a profound experience for a six-year-old. That it God sounds like it. And God, it was an incredible story, and uh, lots of God coincidences and miraculous elements to it. And uh, from that point there, I was really kind of arrested in my heart about this God who loved and cared and answered prayer and worked that kind of stuff out. And uh, did the whole school, uni, moved to Glasgow, 
got a job. I actually lived in Aberdeen. I wow. was up there with, with you, Glenn, for a while. So I was up there. I was a teacher and I taught uh, techie, which is like woodwork and uh, metalwork and drawing pictures and colouring in. And basically the class that the bad boys all get sent to to uh, spend a lot of time. <laughs> so we did a lot of that kind of stuff. And actually in the midst of one of those bad boy classes, uh, apart from making things out of wood, you occasionally had to talk about design theory with them. And uh, I, I think I see this as my call into ministry. Uh, we were talking we were talking about a thing called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is just the basic needs of human of human beings. And as you go up this triangle, it's a triangular form. And as you go up the level, the silence in that room had never been heard before with these boys. And you know the kind of fourteen year old boys that nobody wants to teach. Absolute pin drop in silence when you go into areas of trust and family and love. And, I, and, I, and, and and quite frankly, I felt like, oh, we need to go into a ministry time here and tell them about Jesus and all that. And uh, unfortunately, Aberdeen City Council, um, or in fact, that would be Eastern Bartonshire Council when that happened, uh, don't really aren't so keen in the proselytising of their teens in the class. So uh, at that point, I kind of, I was part of Queen's Park Baptist. I, uh, the youth pastor job came up there. I applied and was successful and was youth pastor at Queen's Park Baptist in Glasgow for uh, about six years, uh, which then led on to a time, three or four years, uh, with two roles, uh, national roles, one with Alpha, doing younger things at the younger end um, with Alpha, and also a young leaders organisation called One Life, where we did some leadership development about um, helping young folk to lead with Christ-like character whatever in whatever sphere of society they get called to. And then in the midst of all that, I felt a wee call into um, Baptist ministry. I'm a pre acad minister in training. And then the role came up at the Baptist Union. I thought, well, maybe God, there might be something in there. And then I had a few conversations with folk randomly, as God sometimes does. Yeah. And a few Bible verses pinged in my inbox, and I'm there. And uh, right. that wasn't as short as it should be. But there we go, an abbreviated story of how I ended up at the Baptist Union of Scotland. There you go. And you have a wife and how many children? I have yeah, how many children? two children, uh, Joshua and Julia. Great. Um, and I have a beautiful wife, Jill, uh, who's a head teacher in a primary school in Glasgow. Fantastic, fantastic. It does sound from your story, Ali, that there's mission is right at the very heart of who you've been for really since you were called into, into ministry. Um, and I heard you speak at the assembly this year, and uh, you talked about a statistic that I think you said eighty-five percent of people who are going to become Christians do so before the age of twenty-five. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, the, you can splice the dice numbers, but roughly anywhere around eighty to eighty-five percent of people who decide to follow Jesus do so before the age of twenty-five. And there's various sources from that, you know. Sure. Um, so there's Barna and the, and mostly in the states, EA. And the Idea magazine ran an article on it a wee while ago, and Christian Research as well have done some work around that. But okay. all come in at about 85%. Right. So talk to us a bit about that statistic and uh, where it comes from, and does it match with your experience? Yeah, I think there's two aspects I would think about. It. You've already you've got the importance, and I think we may be touching this, the importance of actually children that grow up within Christian families you know, a lot of that 85% is, is a bit, you know, it's teenagers have grown up within Christian parents and, yep. and faith within the home and all that. But unquestionably then, there's also the other side of that, which is just young people are receptive because they're trying to work out the big meaning of life. Sure. Uh, and even more so now, um, a lot of studies carried out about just um, 
young people are more aware of global concerns and also um, wider concerns like, will I have a job? Will I ever not have debt? All these kind of things. And they're asking big fundamental questions about life. Um, so from that kind of observational level, it makes sense. And in practice, my experience is, what does to come to faith come to? If I use the barometer of baptism, yep. my experience is I see an awful lot more folk who are 25 or under getting baptised than I do over uh, within our church yeah, yeah, and churches around, you know? Yeah. Um, so assuming, that, assuming the stat's correct, uh, I guess the big question is what we do about it. Reaching yeah. younger people with the gospel is hard work. I mean, reaching anyone with the gospel is, but there seems to be some generational disconnect between the established church and those under 25. I wonder if we could maybe tackle this question in two ways. Yeah. Firstly, what are some things we should not be doing to reach these groups? <laughs> so not doing. Yeah. I, I guess I envisage that as a 40-something well-meaning volunteer um, standing up and telling a bunch of teenagers about Jesus in a kind of quite traditional format setting and that kind of thing. I guess that's not what to do. I guess um, the other thing not to do is patronising. I think there's a cry for authenticity within the younger generations. And so not soft-selling it or... Um, trying to artificially simplify it, although it's quite a simple concept, right, with the message of Jesus to begin with. Then it gets a wee bit, oh, that's everything. But um, not simplify, keeping it relevant and real. And also, the other thing is not continually going fishing in the same pool. And I think as church, we are very good at always fishing in the same pool, which is we kind of have our safe zones of... Um, if we're fortunate enough to be a church that has young people we put a level of expectation on them to somehow magically create friends to come along and be there. And we, we go, that's the way to do it. And there's a lot of truth in that. I don't want to, you know, friendship evangelism, peer -to -peer, that is how it should go. But also we need, we need to not uh, be afraid to go to those and to the areas that um, just the idea of faith is like three or four generations removed from from young folk, and actually it goes in like wildfire. Is is was my thought and beginning to be my observation and also be, deeper belief now that we need to get the gospel back to where um, young people haven't heard it before yeah. at all. You mentioned a couple of things there. I wonder if we could yeah. pick up on uh, the first was you mentioned authenticity. Yeah. Uh, as as something that younger generation values. What do you mean by that? You know, not being afraid to talk about the subjects that actually young people want to talk about. So that's sex, sexuality, identity, um, dealing with pressure. If emotion comes up, not suppressing that, but actually embracing a young person who's crying or broken, but also embracing them when they're laughing and, and joking as well. Authenticity is the, the humility to say, I get things wrong, I don't know, what do you think? And there's an awful lot more about engaging with young people that's actually more about asking them, what do you think? What's your experience? How do you feel about that? These are important ways of doing it rather than saying, here's the truth. And I, I, I go for a top-down truth approach, a proclamation at them. Like, this is what it is. Sure. This is what it is. Okay, that's good. And the, the other thing you mentioned there was uh, in terms of not doing is not fishing in the same pool all the time. So yeah. can, can you maybe give us an example of 
a church or an organisation that you know of who have gone fishing in a different pool? Yeah, sure. sure. Um, I think um, fortunate to work for the amazing organisation in Alpha prior to this amazing organisation called the Baptist Union of Scotland, which is what? Not an organisation, is it? It's a family. But um, You're getting the I lingo. Mean, well done. Yeah, 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 yeah. We... we, we um, we, we started an initiative called Project 1010, which was the idea of actually, well, let's actually take the gospel to unchurched young people. And so we did a project down in Ayrshire, um, South Beach Baptist and a church of Scotland there. Uh, worked in partnership and Alpha, the churches and uh, the Eden Bus, which is a mobile um, youth club. We went into an area deliberately that has no really low church attendance or whatever, uh, probably also quite high in the um, levels of deprivation and, and things like that. And we ran a youth club on uh, one night a week for six weeks. And in week five and six, we began to to, to run the Youth Alpha. And uh, the schools invited us in on the buses. We, we went into the schools. And uh, across, uh, I think the busiest night, both, buses, both sites had about 100-plus young people through the youth club in the middle of January, um, in the middle of nowhere. And that resulted in about... Both of them had roughly 12 to 14 young people in their alpha, of which eight to nine have remained in connection with the church. Brilliant. So it gave like a run of about 18 weeks of just being in a Christian community, empowering the local church to run the team. We don't, the project doesn't bring a team. The church has to produce the volunteers to, to run it. And um, yeah, I had the privilege of, of later that year being at Soul Survivor and seeing a, a bunch of the these five uh, boys um, at Soul Survivor, um, all five had given their life to Jesus and were in active connection with that with that group in Ayrshire. So I mean, it's incredible. It just if you if if we pitch it right, if we do the right stuff, it is possible to go and see the power of the gospel at work to transform lives that need transformed. Absolutely, and and that's an exciting story because that's very much like casting their nets on the other side of the yeah, boat, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. They're going into a different community there um so that's really helpful are there there some other things that we really should be doing we've talked some about some of the things we should not be doing but are there some things we really should be doing to reach this younger generation i think the reality is there are certain key things and maybe talk about maybe later on one key resource that i think is really important for churches to consider because i think this is a problem not for the youth department of a church if you're lucky enough to have that but it's a whole church issue as a church we need to grow younger and we need to aim for connecting with younger folk because that is, if 85% are going to respond, well, you know, let's do that when folk are willing to respond. And I'm not writing off folk over. I've got great friends that have come to faith far later in life. Yeah. I, I actively run an alpha, and my alpha group just now is all guys in their 50s. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. we, we, it's all hands to the pump, but let's just a wee bit prioritising younger. And I think that's one thing. So in every aspect of church life, how can we go younger and involve? So if you're mm-hmm. lucky enough to have young folk in there, yep. how do you involve them in church life? And not just handing out the notice sheet, that's part of it. But it's not all of it. You know, active in the services, active in service. How many mission groups they meet during the week? I've actually ever asked a young person what they think about mission or international mission or what we should be doing about that. You know, you know worship, all these different areas of church life. Are we actually inviting young folk are we actually asking their opinions and are we actually willing to perhaps accommodate some of those ideas and decisions? Um, authenticity we've talked on, talk about the stuff that young people want to talk about. 
it's got to make sense. But I don't think that's a young person thing. I think actually that's a, that is a culture thing now that even folk that are significantly older want church to be talking about the stuff that they're actually facing in life, stress, anxiety, um, you know, comparison, identity, sexuality, gender, all of these things. We need to actually be talking about them in a way that's helpful and, and showing how scripture can inform that, how faith in Jesus um, informs that and how faith can be lived out within these areas. And, and the final one is leadership is giving responsibility. You know, what what serious level of responsibility is. I You know, I love my church. We're a great church. Um, but I am the second youngest lead, uh, person in the leadership team. And I'm in my very, 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 very late um, 30s. Barely clinging on by a thread, and I'm kind of going, but, but that's I'm generationally disconnected. The the change between a 20 year old and a 40 year old in the last 20 years is seismic. It's as good as a hundred years uh, age gap difference, and and so we need to recognise that to make church relevant going forward. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, any examples that you'd want to highlight for us? Uh, of good practice, examples yeah. of good practice within church. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, uh, great examples uh, uh, would be probably if you take Kirky Baptist just now, they've really empowered their young people in leading in evangelism and um, they're utilising Alpha as a tool to do that. Um, but they're really seeing their young people really step up and own and running Alpha in the way that they would want to do it for their generation. And and the reward is that their venue was too small and they had to increase the size of their venue. They'd hoped to do it in multiple living rooms and they had to actually book out a bigger venue to run the Alpha because so many young folk come because they had leadership and that kind of stuff. So there's great examples like that um, across the country. You know, Stirling Baptist, again, that great church that... Um, really uh, empowers young leaders um, but the one church that um, is good, uh, I was in Broxburn uh, Baptist and it was a wee partnership between Broxburn and Ladywell a midweek special needs youth club it's all folk under the age of 22 that are there that are doing it Brilliant. with one leader who's a wee bit older it's all younger folk Fantastic. and um, they're impacting a community at, really positively with just doing this incredible um, youth club throughout the week um, but they are the ones that are running it. Yeah. And it sounds like, for those of us who are a little more mature, yeah. uh, that, that we're going to have to take some risks with yeah, younger folks, sure. which will involve uh, us having to create environments to support them and to uh, empower them and equip them at the same time. And perhaps that's a conversation that we could come back to another day because I, th I think yeah. that would be a really interesting uh, perspective to hear how we particularly equip and empower and release uh, younger folks. But it sounds to me like that's you're saying that's one of the real keys uh, for us being able to, to reach these younger folks is to actually to release younger people into evangelism sure. and ministry. Absolutely, absolutely. You are right, though. There's a bigger question, which is, is the basic vehicles that we use for our altogether worship fit for purpose going forward? And, and, and this is very critique, but it's really important. We're going to have to think that stuff through. Yeah, brilliant. For generations to come. Brilliant. Ali, we're going to have to start winding this up, but I do wonder, yeah. is, is, there a, is there one resource uh, that you think everyone... Uh, should listen to or read or an event they should attend or get involved with <laughs> in this area? 
Just, oh, just one. Just, there, just one. There's like, if you want a really clear resource that's really going to help you as you engage your whole church in this process, then there's a great resource. It's a book, but it's also a website, and there's various other tools within the website. It's called Growing Young. It comes out of the Fuller Institute in the States, but um, it's a very transferable resource. Although okay. it's American-owned, yep. it's very transferable to, to our context. And it basically just raises, raises six key factors that are measurable. Uh, about churches that are engaging well and meaningfully in the process of making disciples of those that are younger. Thanks very much, Ali. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you to follow up on some of the yeah. things you've said, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, I think just now the easiest way is just to email me, Ali, A-L-I, at scottishbaptist.org.uk, um, or we are getting social media up and running as we speak, but it takes a little while. Great. Thanks again. If you've enjoyed our conversation today, then please subscribe to the Midcast. We're available on iTunes, on Stitcher, and however else you access your podcasts. Please do tell others. And we would love you to get in touch with us with any feedback or ideas for guests that you'd like to hear on the Midcast. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at BUS Midcast or on the Baptist Union of Scotland website at scottishbaptist.com forward slash Midcast. Ali, it's been fantastic to speak with you today. Thanks again for your time. I'm Glenn Innes. This has been the Megcast. We are out. You've been listening to the Megcast, a presentation of the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland.